Hello, and welcome Hello. to Vegan Idiots. Carl Donnelly here. Julian Dean. Lockdown 2020. Lockdown 2020 podcasts. <laughs> um, internet podcasts. We got um, This is an episode recorded last week with very funny James Gill. The lovely, delightful James Gill. Lovely. We had, uh, basically, it's, um, it's, it was a few tech issues in the record had a few zoom issues i've now upgraded to premium mate so that shit ain't happening anymore and Fuck that uh, amateur shit man exactly man done with all that patrons are now funding the technical enhancements of the podcast um so yep yeah, so there's a few little weird edits in it where i've just had to like snip bits where it all went a bit funny and robot-y so still very funny though all of it yes yeah, it's, it's a fun chat we'd cover a lot of topics um and any other admin thanks to all the patrons who have signed up it's great thanks to all the new patrons yeah mate um welcome you, to the party if you want to join the community. gang of and community of patrons oh hello it's got a text um um you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash two vegan idiots that's it facebook group join up there there's some chats going on there now and again um, any other admin, Julian Dean? That's it, really. That's <laughs> it, <man. laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> I might make something up. Um, do it, mate. Just want any any anything you want uh, people to do or get um, about. Follow me on Instagram. Yeah, classic. You can watch it. Oh, uh, classic. Well, you can join up to Patreon to find out what Julian did on Instagram last night. That he took. Oh yeah. Don't tell him. It's. Um, I, won't, I won't tell him. You did something very. It, it would have been very funny. I think it would have been taken down, but um, you took it down out of pure uh, panic. Panic, middle of the night. <laughs> panic. It's a funny idea, but it is actually somebody. Somebody who saw it on my story, I messaged them. <laughs> I don't even know them, and I was like, "Was that a bit much?" Yeah. And they were like, "They were just talking about." I couldn't. It was confusing. Like the angle was so confusing. Yeah. What they were doing in the video. I was going to say like they were. They were too. They couldn't answer because they were on the phone to the police. In <laughs> <laughs> right. Enjoy the episode of James Gill. Follow us on Patreon for my explanation. Yes. Uh, thank you for listening. Enjoy. Bye. Bye. Two vegan idiots. But here we go. Rec- we are recording. James Gill, welcome to Two Vegan Idiots. James uh, Gill in the house. In, in the new world. Thanks very much for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm cock-a-hoop. I'm ecstatic. How are I you? had no idea you had uh, blonde hair. <laughs> Mate, I think I've had a full-on. I think I've had a full-on mental episode. <laughs> what happened was, um, I saw a lot of friends with actual hair yeah. shaving their heads in lockdown, and I just, as someone with no hair, to me that's a real slap in the face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I, I said to my wife, I was like, like, said, I'm really determined. I was like, All right, I'm going to grow my hair. I'm not going to shave it. I'm going to grow it. And then yeah. she looked at me as if to say, I couldn't give a fuck, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so then I took it a step too far and I bought some Schwarzkopf hair bleach on Amazon. It's about four quid. And uh, the burning was, oh, my God. I didn't want to let on to my wife how much it was burning, but I've got, I've got like, scars here. Is it here. like, um, have you ever used hair removal cream? Mate, it's one thing I, I don't need. No, no, but I mean, I've used it. I, I, it's disgusting, but 
on the advice of comedian Chris Martin, I once used it on my uh, batty hole. And, uh, Honestly? <laughs> it was one of the most traumatic afternoons of my life. But it also, it does burn and smells like you're setting fire to some tyres in your garden. What, to have oh a nice, God. crisp, porn, porn star batty hole? You yeah, know, I, just, I just basically... Um, nice, fresh little quivering <laughs> nostril. <laughs> Um, it was yeah it basically was he said it feels nice I've always trimmed my down just down in that area anything on your arsehole feels pretty good though doesn't it I mean uh, you've always said that Julian yeah I mean it's what the the tattoo's not there for no reason do you know what I mean practically a catchphrase (laughs) the tramp stamp's not there for no reason in Latin (laughs) (laughs) anything on the arsehole's good though isn't it Bleach though, that would hurt, man. Yeah, so it was a little bit full on, to be honest. I wasn't, uh, I didn't love the feet. And also, there's a difference between, you know, just keeping things tidy down below and taking everything off. It's really, it's too nice. You feel feel like you you don't know your own bum hole anymore. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. (laughs) <laughs> what I'm saying is I feel your pain with the uh, the hair bleach so I so then when I didn't know I came down so I sh- you know you, you wash it out in the shower and I came down and it's in 11 years that's the most I've ever seen my wife laugh she had really? to like physically yeah she had to like physically hold herself up um, it's a funny thing because I think when you're somebody who you know I remember basically I remember my brother shaved his head when he was seven, 16, 17 and he yeah. walked into the, the house, and me and my mate Daniel were in the, the, the just in just just inside the front door as he walked in. And my brother had had sort of like he used to have hair not dissimilar to you, Julian. Like he had like a bit of a quiff going on. It's quite oh, high. like an excellent haircut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a great. Like haircut. the excellent one, please. Thank you. And you sit in the seat. <laughs> Picture of Julian. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, he yeah, it's just, it's when somebody you don't that you spend so you see all the time every day of sure. your life a lot, and suddenly they make a drastic change to their head. It is so overwhelming. I can totally understand why she just lost her mind. My one-year-old uh, w- wouldn't go to me for about two hours. I don't oh, think she really? recognised me anymore. Yeah, that was usually that was it took four. Did it? <laughs> <laughs> um, the funniest lookalike I saw you put on Twitter was somebody said you look like Stephen Avery from Making a Murderer. That's funny. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you know I thought Rufus Hound straight away when I first looked at the photo. Oh uh, yeah. Because Rufus oh, used to have a. That's a, right. A thing like that. Yeah. My brother-in-law said uh, it's quite a niche reference. This, but it tickled me. Uh, Eric Pollard from from Emmerdale. And and at first, because Eric Pollard is like this rakish, almost like Terry Thomas esque figure. So when he said it, I was like, oh, "That's that's I'll take that." And then I remembered that Eric Pollard is at least eighty seven years old. Eric Pollard, <laughs> let's have a look. Yeah. I'm going to Google. We it. we went on our family walk yesterday, and my wife and I took a picture on a park bench, <laughs> and I, with my hand to God, I look like her granddad. Sorry, I'm just looking at a picture of uh, Eric Pollard. Eric Pollard. Share, share the screen, is that easy? Uh, I'm going to share the screen. Here we go. Hold up. Let's get a nice big version. Close them other dirty tabs, though, before. That's what I'm doing, mate. <laughs> um, Shut down them 17 dirty tabs. How <laughs> do we do this? Oh, here we go. Look. Here we go. Can you see? Oh, why is that? There we go. Oh, fucking Noreen. Can you see that? Not yet. It's just white on mine. 
Is it? Yeah, ditto. Sharing is paused. Though. Oh, hang on. Right. Oh, here we go. This should work. This is great podcasting, isn't it? And the award goes to. Oh, it's not working. Yes. You there we that? go. It's there. Yeah. Take that. There we go. He has a lot Very more hair than you. I can see. Yeah, I can see. I mean, that. he's clearly about fifty years older than you, so don't worry about it. Thanks, guys. I'm he talking is, to but... Eric Pollard. He's got face to do. <laughs> <laughs> I already walked into that garden rake. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, lovely. There we go. A bit of Eric Pollard. Chat. I dyed my hair with peroxide after I saw the Lost Boys with Corey Haim. Yeah. And um. Did you really? Yeah, I dyed it so it was darker. I, I had like blonde curtains for a, Mate, about a do, year. Do you remember when you first saw Lost Boys as a teenager and you're like, this is the greatest motion picture ever made? I stand by be, that. I, I still know. watch it. I watch it at least once a year. Oh, I watched it recently. I was like, oh my God. I love it. Do you it. think it holds the up? Frog Brothers. It was a fucking excellent film. Oh, when you're 12, 13 years old and you watch that, you can't believe, you literally cannot believe your look. No. It's only noodles, Michael. It's only noodles. Oh, mate, that was good. Do you think, think it's still, it still held up then, you think? Sorry, yeah, I do. I think it's really held up. I watched it. I watched it a few years oh, ago and it was I reckon great I watched still. it three months ago and still really enjoyed it. I thought, you know, it's um, because it's sort of, I, I, I've got, I'm, I'm a, I like horror films and I, I really like vampire films as well. And um, that was a twist at the enough, end. It's an, it's, got, it's an alternative enough vampire film that I still like okay of it that would be my review leaving it hanging there in the air for good it does I remember going into the chemist and buying the hair dye and I was a bit embarrassed I said it's for my mate and you know one of them ones and she's going oh it's for your friend is it yeah yeah she definitely knew it was me. Also, was you would never say that normally. If it was for your friend, you would never say it's for my... you just buy it. Yeah, right? why would I be a 13-year-old boy or whatever, 12 it's or whatever? It's for my friend! Going shopping for his mate. Like, who does that? <laughs> Hair dye. Um, what, did you say yeah. What's How's your it lockdown? It did, actually, though? yeah. It looked all right. And then it, it went kind of ginger. And then my mum made took me to the hairdressers to dye it back. But where I'd fucked up so much, the dye just burnt the fuck out of my head. Shit. I had to sit there for like 40 minutes. So uh, I feel your pain, man. J- Julian, what's your, what's your favourite vampire movie? <laughs> I'd, ha- I'd have to say possibly Lost Boys. Honestly? I, I think, yeah, I'd say so. It's got everything Carl. in it. And do you know, um, oh, the best, I mean, I'd actually, I'd, I'd say in terms of my favourite, I reckon Lost Boys. probably is... Lost Boys, maybe Fright Night, the original 1985. Oh, Fright Night, Night was wicked, yeah. Um, that was and do you know what I think the worst is? Have you ever seen Dracula 2000 with Gerard no. It was I um, quite like the old Hammer House Draculas, actually. Yeah. They were good. Yeah. They were scary um, as definitely. fuck. But uh, I, I weirdly, I, I went through quite a weird phase where I really loved the Interview of the Vampire novels, and I really liked the film version of Interview of the Vampire. But um, yeah, Dracula two thousand is worth watching. It's it's fucking bad. Why it's is like, it so bad? It's just um, it tries to be so cool, and it's sort of you know in, in the year two thousand, it's all about like the millennium, and it's got um, what was his name who played Sick Boy in Train Spotting? Johnny Lee Miller. Johnny Lee Miller plays like Van Helsing. I think he plays like Van Helsing's grandson or something. Yeah, and it's all it's just it, it, everything about it is 
that. And Gerard Butler is not a good um, uh, Dracula. Sort of like, it was when he was, it was before he was well known. And you could tell he's a good looking guy. But, you know, he's not. I, I was chatting to actually um, a friend the other day about Gerard Butler. He'd just watched um, Olympus. Has, not, not Olympus Has Fallen. What, that trilogy, but White House. No, Olympus Has Fallen, London Has Fallen. And there's a new one out. Yeah, there I don't is. Know what it's called, but I was saying I don't really enjoy him because I can't. I don't enjoy watching Gerard Butler. I mean, I'm not. Is it Angel it has fallen? Huh? Is it Angel has fallen? It's about it the plane, isn't it? It might be Angel has fallen. Mm. He's a bit weird in interviews, Gerard Butler. Actually, isn't he? He's a bit in what respect? Just a bit of a, a bit annoying. I found him a bit <laughs> annoying. I don't know why. Just a vibe thing. You know what I mean? That's He's what good in. What's that movie where they pull off the heist? Um, the heist be one of five million films <laughs> he's it's a genuinely good movie he's the policeman and the dude oh, for god's sake I might have to look it up the okay. dude from Orange is the New Black is the uh, the bank robber it's just it's proper cops and robbers good movie it's on Netflix have you seen have you seen Laura Abiding Citizen oh mate that one's alright that's one of no, those wait so funny that so in our house if there's anything too vi- mate strap in if there's anything too violent, my wife will just turn it off, right? Yes. And then you that, that film holds the Gill family record for the shortest duration. Uh, it lasted, because you know what happens in the opening scene? I won't yeah. say, because it, it will yeah, lower yeah, the yeah. tone. But I reckon that film had been playing for less than 30 seconds, and she went, turn it off. Oh, no. It's a record that will never be broken. I remember my dad like putting on Scarface when I was about nine, <laughs> <laughs> and like me and Jane are just sitting there. Like I swear that the chainsaw through the head in the shower really stuck with me. Man. Brilliant. <laughs> it was fucking taut- like it was a brutal film, innit, it, for a little kid to watch. Right, so yeah, Once upon a time in America, that was great film. Great movie. About ten days long though, innit? it? And yeah, it's, it's so long. Yeah. Great film though. Like Hannah, Hannah, uh, she's never seen um, like any of the old sort of like classic epic films like Ten Commandments, Ben Hur, any of those. Sure. And the other day, I was do- I was busy like doing stuff during the day, but Ten Commandments had just started, so I'd watched the first like ten minutes and then left it with her, and she was doing bits and bobs in the front room, but watching it. And I forget, I forgot just how long it is. I honestly reckon, you know, I'd come back every two hours to the front room, and she'd still be like halfway yeah. through the Ten Commandments. What did she think? She liked, She said it was all right, actually. You know. my, grand, my grand told me a story, and I've heard Norm MacDonald tell the same story. It's from, uh, you know, The Greatest Story Ever Told? Yeah. Uh, this biblical epic. Have you heard this about John Wayne? No. So the story goes, John Wayne plays the centurion, and the, the line is, he truly was the son of God. Yes. You know the bits of it? So he looks up at Jesus on the cross and the line is supposed to be, he truly is the son of God. So John Wayne goes, he truly is the son of God. And the director, allegedly the director said, because he's finding, because obviously John Wayne is a huge star and the director's trying to be careful with the ego of the huge star. And he said, oh, John, um, we, we need that with uh, more awe and John Wayne, and it's in the movie, John Wayne goes, oh, he truly was the son of God. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, what was that guy's name? Uh, I, don't, I forget it. It was, um, he played one of these like TV series, like a gladiator kind of 
guy in those days. You, oh, what's his name? Long hair, tall, Who, like what? Titan or someone like that. But there's a funny thing on YouTube of him. He's obviously reading the direction in the script. Oh, no. no. And he comes out and he goes, frustrated. This <laughs> <laughs> is fucking classic. Amazing. <laughs> I have to find it, man. Oh my god! Superb. What's been your um, your viewing habits of an evening, James? Mate, Ozark. Oh we're really? Late. Yeah, we're late to the Ozark party. I couldn't get on with it. I couldn't get on with the first season, so I've not gone back. Oh, mate, I think it's amazing. I think I'm enjoying it more than my wife because we had these. We had this romantic idea. We were gonna sit and read every night, and you know, we're gonna read the classics. And then Ozark has really sunk its teeth into it, in, into us. So uh, we get the kids to bed and every, I can't, honestly, I, I'm not just saying this. I can't believe how good it is. I think Jason Bateman is unbelievable. Such a talent. Did you yeah. watch him in uh, Arrested Development? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's brilliant. Oh I my love God. Him. He's great, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I just, what? I don't know what it was about that Ozark. I just did not buy into the conceit early doors. And I've got about four episodes in. I was like, this is, I'm just not feeling it. They address that. I think it's episode five. And they do a flashback to say 10 years previous. Yeah. To try justify how the characters came to do what they've ended up doing. Okay. And that's quite a smart, it's quite a good idea to not, sorry, I've turned this into, uh, I've turned to Barry Norman now. I'm so sorry. But if they'd done that in episode one, you, no one would ever have watched. So I think yeah. they've done the right thing. They're trying to hook you in. And then they explain why they've done what they've done. But I definitely give it another go. It is good. Okay. Yeah. I know what you mean. Some some shows, for whatever reason, just don't take, do they? Yeah, there's loads. Of, I mean, I'm I'm currently doing The Handmaid's Tale, which I I just I thought the first season is so brilliant. I was like, I can't believe how good it was. But I've got friends who just did not. I mean, yeah, I was chatting to Jimmy McGee about it. He said he just couldn't get into it. So I was like, it just, you know, some things just resonate and some don't, I suppose. That that also failed the wife test. As soon as the, does a girl lose an eye in episode one or yeah, episode Yeah, two? very early on, yeah, yeah. And that was, turn it off. <laughs> Mate, it's, it's a fine line in, in our house. If anything uh, is, if, if anything's being too grim, see you later. So, it was actually, no, dis- it was actually disappointed, he said. Could I share the screen, Quinn? It's so funny. Yeah, yeah, we got it. <laughs> How do I do it? Oh, yeah. How do I fucking do it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, here. Kevin Sorbo. Wait a minute. This isn't my world. Just a boy! It's even worse than I could have imagined. Really bad. Imagine the crew. That's the sort of error I would make on set. That's why it it cringes my bones. (laughs) Did I I nail it, guys? Yeah, yeah, Julian, yeah, yeah. Cries uncontrollably. (laughs) Looking casual. (laughs) (laughs) So funny that they kept it in the. That's great. And they kept it in as well. Oh, brilliant. Um, How are you? how are you guys bearing up with the lockdown? Does this give you a bit of structure? Yeah, I'm loving it. Yeah, I'm yeah. loving it, man. We've been discussing that how much we're weirdly enjoying it. Like, apart if you if you take out the financial uh, implications of not gigging, this is basically my dream life. 
So it's um it's a weird one. Like I genuinely I'm reading more, I'm watching good stuff. I feel like my time's productive during the day. It's odd. I'm like, you know, it's it's yeah, it's if you took out <laughs> things that are happening in the world, you know, actual my day to day life, I'm loving. I feel gu- I feel guilty because I, 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 I feel guilty admitting this because I feel the exact same way. I know and I'm well aware, you know, I'm sure we all agree that obviously it's Obviously, what's happening is serious, but we went for a walk today, and I, this sounds terrible. But we, you know, we're all friends. But I said to my wife, I said, I think, I think this is like the happiest I've ever been. Right. And I know that's, and that sounds terrible, but you know, some family in particular. Where were you in the ICU unit, just having a look around? <laughs> <laughs> just handing some masks out. <laughs> it's the happiest I've ever been. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shit. But, but when you drive, like when I drive down, <laughs> I drive down to my kids, the road's clear. It's just like, yeah. I mean, it is amazing. I got moved on from the police though. Me and uh, Rob Collins were sitting, we were far apart, like two meters. Yeah. He was just in the area. So I went out to say hello and that. And the police said, we can't sit there. Like, you can't just sunbathe. They were really nice about it, but you can't. It's, it's weird, isn't it? Fuck off, Rosa. <laughs> so I fucking break the cunt's windows. One of the last ever gigs I did before the lockdown, I was, it was in the green room. It was in Winchester. And uh, we were exchanging our favourite Julian Dean gags. You'd have absolutely loved it. Oh, that would have been nice. Can I, can, I, I can't burn your gear though, can I? Of course you can, yeah. Both my jokes. <laughs> well <laughs> one of the best was uh I'm Julian on that know he can't burn him either. <laughs> Things are like made a diamond, man. You can't kill them off. I could do them on Sky News and I'll still be doing them that night in a club. Obama could retweet it and I'll still be doing it at Jonglers that night. <laughs> What what were you about to quote with Julian's favorite, your favorite joke of Julian's? Yeah, the, t- the top. What's two. the funniest is when someone does that and it's not your joke though. They're like, oh, I love oh, that bit you do, and they just just take credit in it. <laughs> it was. Um... I cleaned all the cleaned all the downstairs, done all the hoovering, tidied up. My wife, my wife came down and said, uh, looked around. Someone's going to get a blowjob, and then she left. <laughs> she went out. <laughs> and then the other, the other one better is than, better than I do it, to be honest. No. Uh, hang on. Oh, mate, mate. The number one, the the the. I mean, it's one of the greatest jokes ever. Was uh, being seen a therapist. Keeps bringing up my mum. I said, uh, "What's that sexy little bitch got to do with it?" I mean, that is. That was more of an anecdote, actually. <laughs> That's gold standard. Actually, Carl and Carl, I've got a, I've got a very positive Carl Donnelly story. I've told and I've told you this before, Carl. Before I got into comedy, I was at uh, Fat Tuesday. Uh, I think it was like one of their anniversary shows, and Carl was on stage. And uh, Tiernan, no one could see this, but I could see it. Tiernan was motioning to Carl that the next act hadn't turned up. Do you remember this, Carl? No. 
So you were on stage. I can't remember who else was on that night. I think Robin Ince was on. Phil Nickel closed. It was, a, it was a hell of a bill. I think Easy Sutty was on. And then you were up there and you'd been going for a while. And then it was apparent that the next act wasn't there. And it's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen. You just kept padding and pad. And I could just see you nodding. No, that was his set. <laughs> <laughs> he was actually telling me to get off. I'm just notorious for overrunning, mate. <laughs> This is probably a good time to pick up the records because yeah, you start. You've been doing online gigs, James. What's your tips? Well, we're trying to. Um, I mean, what you know? What the heck do I know? But in my in my opinion, we're just trying to mix it up. So if someone wants to do a set down the barrel, they can do a set. If someone would rather just have a chat, can I just play a it? film or something? Just put the trailer to Lost Boys on or something. Do you know what I mean? I put my favourite commandments. And you just and just backs me the cash. <laughs> Ten commandments charge them per minute. Yeah. Um, Doubling up all around the country. <laughs> um, so we're, we're just like we're, we're you know I'm, I'm talking it through with each, with each act. Because because it's a bit of a you know because it is a new thing. I just want each act to be as comfortable as possible. And if if an act doesn't want to do a set down the barrel of a webcam, then that's totally fair enough. So like we've got a couple of acts have said um, if I give you feeder questions, and then that will team me up to be able to do gear on certain yeah. subjects. You know, like to do on like the American talk shows. So I, I think that's I think that's quite a good idea. It's not but a bad idea. I don't know. I don't know. If, yeah, it's not a bad idea though. I, but, I mean, like what Charlie had... Baker. Charlie yeah. Baker. What he Baker had his camera far enough away so it was his whole body. Yeah. And he had a Devon poster as the background, and he did a full set down the barrel. Oh really? It was amazing. You know, it was absolutely amazing. That's cool. Because yeah, I sort of didn't. I I was so. I just didn't like the idea of start, like doing a set like down a camera. So I did like I had some sort of silly bits where I went around and looked at their houses, and then I did um yeah I used a share screen to use some funny photos as like punchlines and stuff like that. So it's sort of there's option. I think there is definitely That's a good option. idea. Yeah. You know, it's just idea. You can sort of I think there's more there's some good options down the <coughs> media type route of going like. Is a funny thing I saw when I was out on my daily walk, and then just cut to share screen, and they get to see it and laugh. It's almost like a Dave Gormany type vibe, isn't it? Good idea, that Reese James did to like... play it. I'm just going to do my sets down the barrel and like just topless <laughs> <laughs> with no trousers on, and that's the reveal. I just stand back, <laughs> just moonwalk back at the end, and bow. <laughs> Old chap hanging out. Charlie's, and then what Charlie had done is he'd. he'd, he'd Maybe I shouldn't be <laughs> worried I'm burning his uh, idea here, but he'd written pause for laughter on his hand, so he kept addressing the fact that there's no audience. Pause for laughter, you know. Um, yeah, Julian, I think if you did it down the barrel, that'd be great. Uh, could, is there anywhere I can watch the your gigs online anywhere at the moment? Yeah, I'll send you, I can send you a, I can send you a, a Dropbox. Oh, really? That'd be great, yeah. So you haven't got them online now anyway? No. No, we wouldn't do that because obviously, if acts are going to do like the online circuit, we can't burn their no, online no. gear, I suppose. So, so I've said to each and every act that we—I uh, sound like such a goody two shoes here. That 
uh, we, we said to each act, no, we, we wouldn't we wouldn't share it. And they went, you definitely won't share it with Julian Dean. I went, you have my word. <laughs> I just need some more material, really, if I could... Uh, Julian's going to look. look. DVDs of it then when the pub's open again <laughs> walking around <laughs> sharking it for five quid out of a van <laughs> free mask so Julian since we started our Deepak Chopra uh, voyage have you noticed a change um I'm kind of doing that stuff a bit anyway I, I think he's centering me a bit doing the meditations every day and um <clears throat> it's good because we're doing um you know, a lot of people are on it, actually. Well, a lot of people have probably received it, the 21 days Deepak Chopra thing. <clears throat> it almost put me off that you have to start your own one. That's where I found oh, out. I got added to yeah, it. James, James messaged me. He's like, have you started your own one? I was like, I had, though, yeah. yeah. I just did it to about seven people. I, I was panicking. Three are still doing it. That's amazing. So it's good, and they're getting a lot out of it. It's actually really good. Yeah, um, little meditation each day, few exercises. I, I didn't know you were into that sort of stuff, James. That's something we've never discussed. Oh my god, yeah. So I got I got into all that. I was probably about twenty three years old, and Paul McKenna's "Change Your Life in Seven Days" came out. Yeah, and at that time of my life, I that is that was the book I absolutely needed. Yeah. I, I remember I remember it so clearly. It was the it was a bookshop at Waterloo Station, and I handed it over, and I remember the girl behind the counter. And this is like 18 years ago, and she looked at me as if to say, "Are you all right?" <laughs> um, have you read that one though? I think that's I think that might be the best of all time. No, I've not. I've not read any Paul McKenna stuff. Oh, really. fantastic! I've interviewed McKenna a couple of times, and I've, and I've told him like <laughs> with like tears in my eyes. I was like, "I think you, you know, like you genuinely have like changed my life." Um, yeah, they're really good. Yeah. Change life in seven days. I think it is is the is the best. But now I love all that. I've, uh, if you see me with, if I've got headphones on, I've probably got a self-help audiobook really? spinning. Yeah, I've done a lot of them to be fair, like driving to gigs. Um, We've talked about of, it a lot down the years, haven't we, uh, Julian? Yeah, like a lot of NL. When I first started stand up, I mean, I was in a sales job. I couldn't even. I felt like paralysed standing up doing sales presentations, let alone yeah. stand up. Then I got like a stage fright. It was on a CD. That's how long ago that was. Yeah. And um, and I used to play that before every gig, and it helped me massively. It was like a spinning ball in you, you know what I mean? And you get you get confidence and stuff, and uh, it helped me a lot, man. I remember being on stage and just feeling it. It's obviously just psychological and stuff, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it was. Um, I mean, everything psychological, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> there's, ti- there's tips in that McKenna book that I. St- I mean, I'm I'm really I'm oversharing here. I've turned it into therapy corner, but uh, he. Bear in mind, this is like, I know this is quite a common thing now, but this was nearly 20 years ago, and he's talking about visualisation techniques. So I do that thing. If I, if I get to a warm-up early, I will, I will stand at the back of the studio, and I, will, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but I'll genuinely try to visualise myself uh, with it going well. I, think there's, I, I do think there's something in that. And then, uh, but then now, if you're, like, if, you, if you're a fan of football, that's like really common, isn't it? Yeah. Well, like all the top athletes, Olympian, yeah. that's what Tiger Woods... I don't even watch golf, but he's got a sports psychologist. Yeah, right. I mean, it's a big, it's a big part, especially athletes. They're like on the leading edge, aren't they? Like the, that's what makes the difference psychologically. Like they're all physically the same, basically. I mean, it's those that got that. Got. I mean, I mean, you know, Carl and I, we, we love golf, but Jack, Jack Nicholas, 
I think he was saying this like as far back as the 60s. But Jack Nicholas was interviewed <clears throat> and he said that before every shot, he, in his mind's eye, he visualises the ball. I mean, like the greatest golfer of, of all time, you know, in terms of major wins. But before every shot, he was mentally visualising it going going well. So he was doing that yeah. decades before it was it was common. I generally, because I always think of golf as, and so when I'm thinking sport analogies to like self-helpy, meditative and like um spiritual practices i think golf is the one that has you can just it's it's so because you're on your own yeah um if the more you're in your head the worse you'll play and you've got crowds all around cheering even if you're even if you're playing on your own just yeah Yeah. just practicing you know, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm with you. We've got golf and yeah. comedy. I think there's loads of parallels. Yeah, and you could, you could be having the rounds of your life, and yeah, you yeah, think, yeah. "Oh my god, I've cracked the code to golf." And then the next gig or the next round you have, and you will tank. There's like an American comic yeah. called Kyle Cease. I don't know if you know who he is. No, he's he's bang into this stuff. Like he does, he's basically a mixture between comedy and doing these kind of seminars. He talks about visualization and stuff being in the moment on stage is yeah. good stuff. He talks about visualizing it after the event. Like you visualize how you're going to be afterwards, not while you're doing it, like auditions yeah. and things like that went really well and, and stuff. <laughs> That's like that. really yeah. good. Yeah. It's powerful. Oh, so, yeah. Tom, Tom Allen bought me a, uh, a little, cause he knows that I'm into this stuff. So he, he bought me like a little leather bound book and then I, I do something similar. So before, God, it feels so long ago now, but, before uh, gigs, especially the big gigs or the bit, you know, the big uh, warm-ups or what have you. And so what you do is you write down as if it's already gone well. So you don't you don't write down, I want this to go well. You write down. That was great. Wow, oh what, a, what a gig that, you know. <laughs> I did that of... for about a year doing gigs. Like um, when I was opening for Chowdhury, I'll do that so much. Talk yeah. about you just pull it into you. Yeah, but none of them actually went well. <laughs> What's the problem? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought so hard. <laughs> but I was. They called me the most deluded comic on the circuit. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> I mean, they booed you off. Julian's notebook. He's fucking lost it, mate. <laughs> but the oh, problem is, like, my brain is so, as you walk in on. <laughs> my brain's so kind of self-sabotaging in that that my brain oh. can learn to get its way around these self-help things as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I can, my negativity can find its way around it. And like, yeah. I don't know well, if that makes you know, sense. But... My, my one is, and this is something that I, I don't know where I got it from and I've never write anything down like this, but I just before going on stage and I, I, I don't do it every gig. I forget sometimes, but I reckon it's a lot of the time um, stand inside a stage or backstage I always start thinking about. I start. I get into my head that I really like every like them people. I do that as well. Yeah. I, I think like I, I start thinking of how nice these people are. I put um, love out there, and I, yeah, I visualize myself hugging. Like you yeah. know, you see someone in the audience that you think might be a. I, I picture myself like giving them a hug and really connecting. Yeah. And then go it's out there, and all that's gone. I just put all the all I do is put positivity onto them and say like these lot. Yeah. I hear for then a go good out reason. and just tank. Yeah. And then go out and go. What are you looking at? You cunt. <laughs> <laughs> that's a shit name. You cunt. <laughs> what a shit job. <laughs> Those trousers, dickheads. 
<laughs> You're employed, you fucking loser. Buy that shirt when you were stoned, you cunt. How's everyone else doing? <laughs> Oh, but it's uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's, good, a, it's a good it's a good thing. I think there's that thing of because I don't like the I never think about right. I'm going to smash it. I I always think about me because that feels like it's a bit egoic as well. Like yeah. my brain would be like, shut up, you cunt. You're gonna bomb now. Yeah, that's exactly you know what, what I mean. To me. Once I you start think being about... a bit too kind of arrogant about it. Yeah, I, think, I think you both should. Yeah. From what you're saying, that the the guy's idea of writing it as as if it's gone well, rather than I'm gonna smash it. Yeah, yeah. If you if you got into this mindset of that went really well and I really enjoyed it, because yeah. then you then you won't be thinking, shut up, you fucking idiot. Yeah, because you you mustn't obviously. Especially, you know, Julian. If you're saying that about self-sabotage, you you, um, you you mustn't you mustn't become your own worst enemy. You, you've got to be. I mean, this is pure self-help speak. But you've you've got to become your own biggest champion, haven't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Have you read um, the Chimp Paradox? I have actually. Yeah. Years ago. Gonna, have you read that, Carl? No, no. I've heard of it. I've not read that's, it. A, that's a good one and that's one that stays with you yeah. in terms of did that help you with the self-sabotage julian it did actually yeah it's kind of i i, I mean i've read a lot i've definitely read the chimp paradox um about probably about five years ago but I, it must have helped me at the time yeah i've been smashing gigs ever since <laughs> but yeah i've, I've only ever dressed as a chimp <laughs> It's my new, it's my new character. <laughs> I don't know if Julian actually got what was intended from the book. <laughs> Talking into a banana. <laughs> but I, yeah, I do like all that. I think like just now, meditation, just quieting my mind yeah. is good. Just breathing and trying to sort of, yeah because the thing with that deepak course is, is exactly that isn't it? it just sort of takes you out takes you away from it for a few i minutes. also do something like the 12 step program i'm doing at the moment i've done it before years ago but i'm going back through it and that's like um powerful shit man like uh yeah good man what's been what's been your favorite book that you've read in that self-help world you know what I really got into, and this is probably, this freaks people out in the self once they go into um, Abraham Hicks. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. I mean, that's where the secret came from. That's right. Yeah. But she, as you know, Esther Hicks. Should we slap, is a, we, we slap an allegedly on that? <laughs> allegedly, yeah. But she was in yeah. the first cut of the secret and then they cut her out because it was a bit weird. Yeah. Um, because she channels an entity called Abraham. Her name's en Esther Hicks. Yeah. So she goes up on the podium and channels these beings from yeah. another place. Yeah. This but is I swear to God, God, the information is in... Uh, Tony Robbins, actually, a few of his books were good years ago. Yeah, they're good. Um, but the Esther Hicks thing, I mean, if you look at it, uh, just the information she's saying, it's really good. It's the oh. secret beyond the secret, and she breaks it down and stuff. I mean, that helped I, me a lot. I, I was smoking a lot of weed at the time. <laughs> I'll tell you, I did. I I didn't do any drugs or drink or even smoke for like ten years, and then I did a. Then you went to self help. <laughs> but then I left, um, like this recovery thing, and I got into smoking weed. But I I got into like psychedelics. That was my journey. 
Yeah. Like LSD, ayahuasca. I never did it hundreds of times. I did it about four times. But um, yeah, I did the whole of Esther Hicks's first book, A Law of Attraction, on LSD, and it fucking blew my mind. Literally, I was floating for about six months. Amazing. But um, so that had a big impact on me. Yeah, that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because um, there's a. Uh... A woman I can't called, help it. I just believe it. I can't help it. But there's a woman called Dr. Tara Swartz has written a book called The Source. Have you heard about this? No. So I interviewed, I interviewed her. So I host this podcast. Sorry, I'm, no, I won't plug my own podcast. That's dreadful. But uh, I interviewed this woman plug called... Your podcast. No, but when people do that on other podcasts, I'm like, come on, mate. Just do um, it, mate. I do it all the time. <laughs> Dr. She's called Dr. Tara Swart, and she wanted to write a book. I, I think I, I think I know you may not have heard of I've told you this, I think, maybe. She wanted to write a book that basically proved that the law of attraction was a lot. She, she wanted to write scientific proof that the law of attraction is a load of nonsense. Yeah. So she went into this as a cynic, and then she ended up... The more she worked, realizing there's was... a lot of money in it. <laughs> <laughs> Her accountant went, ding, ding, ding. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Uh, no, no, no. Um, oh, I shouldn't have said that. No, she went, in, she went into it. Um, I ain't wanting to disprove it. And then she's ended, she uses brain scans, she uses uh, research, she, she uses case studies, and she's ended up scientifically proving why it actually is a, is a thing. But is it, um, when she says pro- proves it's a thing, you mean, no one's ever said that positive thought isn't, is, doesn't work. But I think the criticism of The Secret is that they go way beyond just positive thinking is positive and you can get some benefits out of it. They talk so, about so, you can visualise anything and get it, and that's utter bollocks. Absolutely. So, so people who've taken The Secret probably too far, they would have you believe that, I want a helicopter made out of solid gold, you know, yeah. knock on the door and there's the pilot there. Oh, Not you know. yeah, exactly. Whereas uh, what Dr. Tara Swartz is saying is um, if you, if you focus your mind, you know, let's say let's it has say, to be within your belief system. Exactly. Exactly. And it, it's got to be in your belief. But let's say if you, if, if you, but let's say I'm trying to think of uh, an example. Let's say Julian, you would you wanted to appear on uh, Bake Off. Now, if you followed what Dr. Tar- Tara Swart had said, she, I think she she would believe that. She, and there's enough exercises in there that you would focus your mind and carry out Learning enough of these cook. exercises that you that you that you would even if you didn't achieve that specific goal your career would certainly head in that sort of direction. It's supposed to match your feelings, isn't it? Yeah. So whatever you can conjure up, that's why dream boards and stuff like, because it you think about it, but it's how you feel in that situation. So, so, so with it's the hard board, to create feelings if you've got no point of reference for having a gold helicopter. You exactly don't know that. how that would feel. So the person that, but that's, you know, let's say a bit, a bit woo, um, they would have a dream board up and they would they would believe in things like magic and you know asking the universe whereas you know a more even a slightly scientific mind would see there was a dream board and that might motivate them yes. to work a bit harder or uh, work in the right way so let's say if i had a, i do have a i genuinely do have a dream board up here <laughs> i thought that was it behind you is zola bud well, this is uh, chris akabusi oh you really want to meet akabusi oh no i've met i've met akabusi He's a happy guy, and he high vibes. He is. He he is, but then 
he said that because I interviewed him for, for this podcast. It's called the Balance Podcast. There we go. And uh, he talks about this. In, in real life, he's actually quite a quiet, uh, private guy. But then he's got like this persona who he can turn to when he needs to. So if, he, if he's getting booked for a TV show, he can give the big Akabusi character. But I don't think that he's necessarily really like that. A lot of those like eighties, nineties kind of entertainers like Bobby Davro can just they can just switch it on the showbiz, can't they? He was great on Come Dine with Me, Celebrity Special. I remember like watching him on that. Who Davro? No, Akabusi. Oh, was he really? Yeah, he was just really. Yeah, it was him. He was just upbeat, but he's also it was seeing him like you know a bit more chilled out. It was really really nice. Amazing guy. I mean, I must. I don't know how many times I've watched it, but the 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 four by four hundred final at the World Championships in 1991 with Akabusi on the uh, the anchor leg. For me, that's the number one greatest moment in the history of sport. <laughs> Just because the American Pettigrew is the world champion and Akabusi takes him on the final lap. Who else is that squad? Well, uh, oh mate, I mean this the, that squad. I mean to say they had no right to beat the Americans. So they had John Regis, who was yeah. a 100 and 200 meter runner, running 400 meters. And not, and not a particularly, you know, he was a good European runner, but he was not solid. But yeah. to ask a, a solid sprinter to do 400, yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, mate, I, I tear up every time I watch it. Uh, Roger Black, yeah, and then uh, uh, Derek Redmond, who, oh, who was famously injured at the Olympics that time, and remember his. His dad had to carry him round the round the track. God, I'm nearly going to cry. I remember that, that was just before like my time of getting into. I remember, I remember it, but I remember that period afterwards. Once like Akabusi was out of the team, when it was Roger Black, and uh, what was the Welsh guy? You and Thomas. Thomas. And who was the fourth in that? That was Mark, someone, wasn't it? Dwayne Ladejo was in the mix around Dwayne then. Ladejo for a bit, but it was also um, Mark. Mark Lewis Francis. Oh, Louis Francis was a hundred meter runner, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yeah, I've forgotten his name. It might not have been Mark, but yeah, it was that. Was that? I remember that team being pretty handy. So Chris Akabusi won the won the gold in the Olympics today. No, World Championships was that? World Championships. Ah, um, let's do best new. Mate, it's Balch. B a u l c h. Yeah, yeah, Balch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Relay team. I reckon, I'm trying to think who that. So, wasn't, so that was after Linford and all that was there. Well, Akabusi was same time as Linford, really. Ah, ben Johnson and stuff. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, the, 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 the sort of Jamie Bolsh era, Roger Black team. That would have been sort of yeah mid nineties, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, it was good. It was a good because because like with that with that era of like the. The golden era of the, I would say, mid to late 80s into the early 90s, you could easily name 20 athletes. Well, that was good. It was proper. Without, even, without even trying. Yeah. Now it's um, just your same bolt, isn't it, I suppose? Whereas, the, whereas this yeah. day and age, you do well. Oh, and that, that's just from the, 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 uh, the British team. Um, whereas in this, this day and age, it, there's only a couple, really, who were, who were much cop. It's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a shame. I, I think the feeling is, is because if you're if you're quick, uh, Akabusi said this. If you're if you're super quick in this day and age, 
you're probably going to make a go of it with football because the yeah. money is hundreds and hundreds of times bigger than it is in athletics. Oh, but in fact, speaking of self-help, Akabusi, I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, Akabusi's home is stunning. It's it's massive, it's beautiful, it's it's incredible. And uh, I said to him, I said, is that, I take it this is from the motivational speaking rather than athletics. And he was like, what do you think? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, he does seminars and stuff, does he? Yeah, mate. I'll tell you. I'll, yeah, I'll tell you uh, afterwards. <laughs> but yeah. Wow. That's that's what we, us three should be trying to get into. I reckon. That's what I was just thinking. Yeah, yeah. I need to bit off this comedy shit, mate. I'm done with it. <laughs> I've actually been motivational reading, speaking. I've been reading a lot of philosophy during this period. I'm, that's my. I'm going down that. I'm not reading. I've not read. To be honest, I've not really read any self help books for about five years I've, I've been more on a sort of philosophy train can i have a guess who you're reading huh can i have a guess who you're reading well actually weirdly in a minute i'm reading a compilation that i I've, I've picked up this compilation at a train station about three years ago and i, I picked up <coughs> a book for the train i've forgotten my book and i saw it and i'm always a bit dubious about compilations it's like 50 you know it's basically a look at 50 of the best philosophers of all time and just like a little sort of insight into some of their writings and and actually, I'm just I'm reading it. It's great because it's stuff I've forgotten from loads of them. And some Amazing. Of it, it's like a refresher course. Yeah. To back into it. And it's got, it's not just like, you know, it's a lot of modern philosophers as well as the old guard. So it's, um, yeah, it's really, I'm really enjoying that. And a lot of these ideas, obviously, from self-help come from philosophy. Totally. And religion, isn't it? That's, that's sort of where they, they, they mix the two and come up with a sort of... Uh, uh, understandable, usable version. It's like Mark Hamill once was once asked what the force is, and he said, "It's religion's greatest hits." And it, I mean, it is. That's where that is where it all comes from, though, isn't it? Really. Have you read any Joseph Campbell? No. He's he's very good. Yeah, hero with a thousand faces and stuff like that. Right. He inspired the Star Wars. Oh, he wrote, that's he wrote, right. He did. Yeah, you're right. That is. And um, yeah. Cool. All right, cool. So that's it's up. Check that out. <laughs> I, mean, I haven't read it. I can't read, but check that one out. I hope I've some blokes talking about it. What about Jordan Peterson? Have you read any of that? Yeah, I have. Yeah. I did the Twelve Rules for Life. I thought it was all common sense, pretty good stuff in the book. I read the Twelve Rules for Life. Was quite enjoying it, and then he became public enemy number one. Oh, really? He's really ill now, apparently, isn't he? I oh, mean, the, shit, book, the really? book was kind of common sense, you know, good stuff, really. It's common sense, it's good stuff. But then he was appearing on like Channel Four and coming across rather badly, wasn't he? I think. Yeah, he got yeah. Yeah, I think he um. He, he eats only meat as well. Only thing, meat. I never trust anyone who's that. Like oh, his daughter of, has got a lion meat like diet that's mental mate you know like but you know like when anyone is held up as like an intellectual you know remember when Dawkins everyone was like like harping on about Dawkins mate nail on head about those people and that's what happened with Peterson I don't I've never read me I've seen him in a couple of interviews he seems like a slightly you know I'm sure he's not the the devil that people make him out to be but also I reckon he's he's probably I mean he seems like a nice enough guy he just goes to bleak a bit 
quick, don't they? Like everything's quite life is painful and like just all right, man, shut up. <laughs> it's like the opposite, isn't it, to what you're trying to fucking think about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but with Dawkins about fifteen years ago, he was like he was an absolute pinup of that of that sort of world, wasn't he? Yeah. Well, it was the god the god um delusion, wasn't it? Yeah. And then you read some of the stuff that he comes I, out with now and you're like, Jesus. Sam Harris Christ. is good actually, and I, I used to love Hitchens. I mean, it was it was not really self. It wasn't self help. Hitchens was the opposite, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But he wrote a lot. Yeah, his book just makes you angry and like. But he was a good good debater. Oh yeah, some of Sam Harris's ideas I like. I find him a bit too robotic with the, like. The, yeah, he's like a computer, isn't he? Yeah, um, there's actually one. I like this idea on free. Like his his discussions on free will is very interesting. But anyway, we're rattling on for so long. <laughs> so we should probably wrap. I just realised how long we've been talking for. It's ages. I've just been glad of the company. Yeah, it's <laughs> been lovely, man. Thanks for um, coming on, James. I can't thank you enough. Thank you very much for having me. We'll start Come a, on again, man. Self-help podcast. <laughs> Come on again and talk us through your dream board, maybe. Three, um... I've got a nightmare board above my. <laughs> <mind>. <laughs> you want to say hello? <laughs> hello. Hello. You'll say hello, Carl. You'll say hello, Julian. No. Why are you acting shy? Hello, I'm Julian. <laughs> how old is she? Um, how old is she? Someone, how old is she? 27. 27. You look good. So, been using the baby Low hanging. Yeah. Uh, uh, she's, she's five in July. I'm just about to. T- I taught my six year old to ride a bike yesterday. Oh, really? oh, mate. Was it quite emotional? Oh, it was incredible. She's yeah. burning around on it. I'm just about to go down now on my bike and fucking show her. Yeah, yeah. Show her who's boss. She's like, don't worry, don't worry. What are you doing? What are you doing? Maybe you should mute me for a little while. Right, so should we take it? I'll, I'll take a picture. Here we go. You ready? Mima, you're in this. Happy? There we go. I feel like that newsreader where, you know, when he's up, no, the guy that was interviewed on the news when his kids and his wife yeah, came yeah. crawling in. This is that Oh, yeah, what, in the background? That's so funny. He was so yeah. rigid oh, with it, wasn't it? It's amazing, that, isn't it? You've got to just sit him on your lap, mate. Tell you what, okay, do you want to sit there? Are you pl- are you pleased to be off school? Is she pleased? Oh, yeah, yeah. We've got to answer, answer Julian's question. Are you, are you happy to be off school? Are you happy to be off school? Oh, she's. I look. I don't often see this. Pretending to be shy. I love it. Are you, is, she, is she miss? Is she missing school a little bit? Missing school. Yes, she is. Yes. Get a little Are bit. Are you finding me with like seven months of it? I know. Two thumbs down. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> right. We'll let you go then. <laughs> right. Well, cheers, boys. Thanks very Thanks much for having doing me. it, man. Take care. Right. See you later. No, thank you. Take care. God bless you. Speak soon, boys. Bye, bye, bye. God bless. Say bye, bye. Take me down. Yes. No, no, no. I'm like.